It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Paul will remember the Bud Bowls. Confident in that. Hey, Paul, good morning. How are you? Welcome back. Thank you, thank you. I had a great time. It's been a long time since I just went out and headed down to the Kennedy Space Center. Really, really cool place. Nice. It was. Nice. I was really looking forward to it, yeah. but it was it exceeded expectations. Yeah, I mean, so you post a picture of NASA stuff, right, basically? Yeah, at the Kennedy Space Center. I mean, the, the you walk in and the Atlantis is hanging from the ceiling, the, the real ship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that's the thing. You go through the different buildings. These are real space mm-hmm. ships whether it was a gemini program the apollo program or the the um the things they shuttles, did the moonwalks right? on the space shuttles yeah. uh you know i got to see some of the launch pads i actually got to see a launch when we got there they said oh there's a launch tomorrow at one o'clock i'm in <laughs> i'll be there wow. <laughs> you know so and didn't even know that there was going to be a launch and uh so it was a launch for a ship that was uh, unmanned, but it was going to the space um, uh, the International center up space there. Station? Yes, yeah. thank you. Uh, to drop off supplies, you know. So we got to see a launch. It was really cool. So yeah, yeah. it was. It, you know the the weather. You know the sun was out every day, and it was you know high sixties, low seventies. I mean, we weren't baking down there, but it was. It wasn't thirty. You know, so you know, you could still walk the beach in shorts and maybe a long sleeve T shirt on and it was it was great. Just just a great time. How how far away do they put you when uh or do like do you get to choose kinda like when they when they do the launch? You can get close. Um actually when we went to the Kennedy Space Center I actually saw places where you could get closer. We were about ten miles away mm-hmm. at a roadway. You know, the, the, one of the locals at the hotel said, you know, you can go there and a lot of people do go there and there were a lot of people there, so you know, you didn't, you weren't up close on it, but then, you know, at the end of the pier where we did some happy hours, I looked over and there was the launch pad. It went out, and I go, mm-hmm. "We should have sat here. It was a lot closer, <laughs> yeah. and you got a clean shot of it." But we didn't know, you know. But that that would have been a real good view of it. But uh, and it was one of those two where you know the the first stage that comes back down, it doesn't just land in the water anymore. It actually lands back on the launch pad. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is something I, I didn't realize either because, you know, you don't see launches on TV anymore. So, uh, But to see the thing come down and then the legs come out and it just lands right back on the launch pad, it was like, wow, they've come a long ways. Yeah. Very cool, Paul. Very cool. Well, welcome back. we got some sabers to, to get to. I also want to ask you, um, <laughs> I was asking these guys earlier about, now that we're in Super Bowl week, about the famous ads that uh, predated their, well, watching television, whether it's the, the Bud Bowls or the Budweiser Frogs. A lot of Budweiser stuff, right? The Clydesdales. Um, when you think about the most memorable ads of your football Super Bowl watching life, what ones jump out? Yeah, you were right. I mean, the Bud Bowls, of course, and Spuds McKenzie, I mean, basically are, are the two that I like the most. And uh, uh, anything that shows the Dalmatian from the Budweiser wagon or whatever they call that thing uh i i i I really like the dalmatian that sits on top of that thing uh so i always like that but uh the bud bowls were cool i like that so that was probably my favorite yeah what's the first super bowl you remember paul 
Mm. I would say that when the Steelers were popular in there with Bradshaw. Yeah. Seventies. Yeah. Those those are the ones, you know, Lynn Swan, Stallworth, that group. Yeah. Somebody wrote to me on Twitter said, What's the what's your first conscious memory of a Super Bowl? And for me I think it's I think it's nineteen eighty seven. Washington, Denver might be my very, very first memory. I'm eight years old at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember games from years b- before that, but you know, when you're young, you got to ask your mom if you can. Mom and dad, like, can I stay up and watch this game? And I think right. wa- Washington, Denver was the first time my mom said yes. So that's my first one. Now, if Howard were still around, he could tell you about maybe the, the 1951 championship game, which yes, if it was the yes, Super Bowl sure. would have been great. You know? tell, and, he, he could tell us about Jim Thorpe playing way back when, you know, <laughs> like way back when. And, uh, one thing I did look up, I think I maybe mentioned this to you guys before. One thing I did look up, you know, as you know, the Ch- Kansas City Chiefs were in the first Super Bowl. It wasn't even called that then, but let's call it that. Mm-hmm. And the Bills lost to the Chiefs 31-7 to at home for an Mm -hmm. opportunity to be in the first Super Bowl. Many thought the Bills would have given the Packers a better game, not beaten them, but given them a better game because of their defense. The Bills, as you know, won the AFL two years in a row before that. Had the Super Bowl started two years before that, the Bills would have played the Cleveland Browns in Super Bowl I. And then if they would have played in Super Bowl II the next year, they would have played the Packers. But they would have played the Cleveland. So either Cleveland or Buffalo would have a Super Bowl championship had it started two years earlier. How different would our existence be if the Bills had won Super Bowl one? I. I mean, I, a lot of us still wouldn't have remembered it, so you know the desperation <laughs> to see one might still be there. Yeah, but you probably could find it on YouTube somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, at least a lot of highlights from it. And chances are, the NFL was better at the point. I mean, it only took the AFL three years to win a Super Bowl, and Joe Namath. Then they won the next year with the Kansas City Chiefs and Hank Stram. But, uh, you know, I think the Cleveland Browns probably being in the NFL against the AFL would have been the better team, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paul, we're about to get back for the Sabres, and uh, they're coming back with another bit of injury news. Matias Samuelson's season is over. Uh, he has had trouble staying healthy for, well, his entire career. And I wonder your thoughts on their long-term commitment to him. Is this bad luck on his part, or is this something that maybe the organization – should have factored in before such a long-term commitment. If Availability is obviously very important, and this is something he has been struggling with. It is. I mean, this year he's going to play 41 games, and uh, last year he missed, what was it, 27, I believe, um, and he missed some games the year before, too. A lot of it is the style he plays. He will throw his, his on a penalty kill or whatever, he will throw himself in front of any shot. He doesn't care who's loading it up. And you, you can often tell in a game where, you know, he gets hit and he's limping around a little bit and, yet, you know, has to skate it off or walk it off or, you know, it's just the way he plays the game, I think, is what maybe leads to injury. Some of it is bad luck. You remember one of the injuries. It might have been the one last year. I, I don't remember for sure. His leg folded under him. Well, that's bad luck. There's really nothing you can do about it. Or, you know, you block a shot and, and, you know, it hits you just in the right place. Like when Thompson got hurt, you know, he went down to block a shot and he just happened to have his hand turned a little bit and it hit him in the wrist or, you know, or hand. It broke broke his wrist or hand. Um, you know, so some of it is bad luck and some of it is the way he plays. He, he'll hurl his body in front of anything. He's always in the battle. You know, he's not afraid to battle along the walls or in front of the net. Um, he, he's trying to be a little bit more physical than he was before, and I think he has been. So I, I think a lot of those are factors. But, uh, 
you know, definitely in his first couple of years in the National Hockey League, he in pro hockey, let's say, you know, even with the Amherst to begin with, he has had trouble keeping himself available. The whole Sabres blue line this year, Paul, how do you feel it's kind of gone and Samuelson factored into that? Because they are allowing fewer goals. I mean, the goaltending is a part of that too, but you kind of break them down one by one, and I just have a hard time finding a guy that I'm like, oh, yeah, he's overachieved this year. Ryan Johnson, right off the bat. Yeah. I think it has overachieved uh, quite a bit. Uh, for a while, Yoki Haru had, and then he kind of um, got a little run down or whatever you want to call it, and he's been in and out of the lineup. Sometimes he's been pretty good, and, and it's gotten back to a inconsistency. But I think for a long while, Yoki Haru was better than he had been in the past. Um <sighs> That's the thing. You look at it, you know, I, I started crunching some numbers. The Sabres since December 30th are 9-6-1. That's not bad. That gets you into the playoffs. If you play at 9-6-1 and one at pace all year, you're going to make the playoffs, probably, unless it was the year where the Caps were the number eight team at 100 points. I think that's a 97-point base the Sabres are on. So most years you are going to make the playoffs. So that's considerable improvement for this team in that time. Lukanen is a 1.57 goals against and is 6-3 with a 9.40 save percentage. The team has a 2.31 goals against, which is third in the league, yet they've lost ground in the playoffs race. They're now 10 points out. That's worse than they were. I think they lost a point, if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. in that time. So here you are. You've played much, much better. You're one of the in, in this calendar year. You're one of the best defensive teams in the National Hockey League, and you've lost ground. I mean, that's where it's at right now, and that's the problem of having to leapfrog six teams. And I've always told you, it's not necessarily the points you're behind; it's how many teams you have to get past. And with that record, all they did is get past Montreal, and now they play one game before Saturday. So now, what's going to happen? With no fault of their own, even if they beat Dallas, through no fault of their own, they probably are going to fall further behind because they're sitting there practicing and not playing. And, you know, by by the time they get their second game out of the break. And that's the problem with this situation that they have put themselves in. But to play, I mean, you're, you're, we're seeing signs of progress, and, and their goals for have been better. It's not fantastic. Mm-hmm. but it's been better. Their five-on-five five play all year hasn't been bad. Their penalty killing for most of the year hasn't been bad. The power play has been absolutely putrid. With the same guys and coaches that were yeah. coaching the third-best power play in the league for most of last year until the very end where it slumped a little bit. But for most of the year, they were one, two, or three on the power play. Same guys, basically, same coaching staff, but now they're one of the worst power plays in the NHL, and it really, really hurts them. And many of their guys have regressed instead of going forward. Now, Dylan Cousins finally seems to be back to being Dylan Cousins. You know, you still have Thompson maybe playing better, but the, the, the points aren't coming. I mean, he's on an 82-game pace of 30 goals and 30 assists for 60 points. Most players, you'll take that. Tage Thompson needs to be better than that. You know, and, and uh, you know, you can go on and on and on. Now, J.J. Paterka, on the other hand, and Casey Middlestat earn line to set career highs in points but a lot of the guys had regressed through most of this season and even though they seem to be waking up as a team 
and they've gotten some great goaltending lately. For the most part, I think Lukanen has been good. He was pretty good before he got sick. And then he got sick, and then he had problems when he came back, but he's gotten it back and has been fantastic since then. I already gave you the numbers. But you're not – I mean, you have a goaltender who's playing lights out, and you're not gaining ground. Yeah. That's tough. That's one of the reasons that – one of the stats, Joe, what is it, that like the playoff races are over by Thanksgiving a lot? Most of the time, the, in in the last year that wasn't true, but there was like a two three year period before yeah. that where that was some, because yeah. there were just so many teams. Like if you if you get off to us, you know you could play at this level, Paul, for a long time, and if you do that, you're good to go. But you know you can basically lose your season early on, and the Sabers really didn't have a really bad month until December. December was their worst month, where they fell even further out of it. Um, so I, I guess, Paul, what 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 happens from here? Right, they've got the second half of the season. They are going to try to right the ship, and they have to get really hot. Um, but outside of that, what are we looking at for – we're looking at Don Granado, who is – I was doing the numbers on how many coaches have been tenured longer. It kind of struck me today, Paul. He has 240 games coached as the Sabres coach. I did not realize it was that many seasons um, that he's been at the helm. And without saying it's his fault, you kind of just wonder how the Sabres view the job that the head coach has done. I think Kevin Adams is fine with it. Um, if there were a move with the head coach, I think it would come from ownership. I don't think it would come from Kevin Adams. Um, I mean, he really hung on to Ralph Kruger a long time and didn't want to fire him, and then they had to. I mean, it just got to a point where, where they had to. And if they didn't fire him earlier when the things were really not going well, they're not going to fire him when they're 9-6-1 and one, and the defense have straightened out and some of the guys are starting to play better. So I think that's pretty much off the table right now for the time being. And I honestly, with Kevin Adams, I don't think it ever was on the table. Um, uh, you know, as far as that goes, I th- and, and especially with, with this ownership, I don't think with a, a coach that hasn't even started his contract yet for next year, his contract extension starts next year, I think, you never say never, but I can't see it. Yeah. I can't see him paying a coach that hasn't started. And that's one of the things I think you guys just touched on it a little bit earlier with players. I think this this organization gets a little excited about co- contract extensions. And then they mm-hmm. put themselves into binds like these. You know, maybe some of these contract extensions that we talk about happen a little bit too early. And... Um, you know, if if you're stuck on a coach and you don't want to let – if you should let him go and you don't want to because his contract extension doesn't start till next year, you know, uh, he had one good year last year. I mean, almost made the playoffs, and, and that warranted a contract extension. And, um, you know, sometimes maybe you need to let it go a little bit and see see how it's going to go. Uh, but, but that's the way I see it, and I think Don Granado deserves – blame for what he does what he some of some of this i think at times he gets a little bit too much especially when it comes to competing and those types of issues because to me this is the national hockey league and i've always said this long before don granado was the coach of the sabers if you need a coach to to motivate you to play and compete in the national hockey league you don't belong in the National Hockey League. You should, you're should. you one of the best of the best hockey players in the world. 
How did you get here? Did you get here because a coach needed to motivate you every game and come in the locker room and do some rah-rah speech or kick you in the butt or bench you or whatever? Is that what you needed to get to the National Hockey League? I don't know. I don't think you get here if you can't. And that's why I, I, I really, really, really get upset with this, That well, we didn't compete. Well, to me, that's an individual flaw in your character. If you can't get yourself to a point where you can compete in the National Hockey League at a, at a level, at a elite level, and you need a coach to kick you in the butt, you don't belong in the National Hockey League. And in my opinion, those players need to be identified by Kevin Adams and his staff, and they need to be gone. And I don't care who they are. You cannot win the Stanley Cup if you have guys who do not compete on a regular basis. And that has been talked about a lot. And if you want to blame the coach, fine. Uh, to me, that is an individual thing, and you should not need a coach kicking in the butt all the time in the National Hockey League. Paul, does this apply to all-star skills competitions? Because Nikita Kucherov... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy I missed that and was on vacation. Yeah. I heard about it, but I didn't see it. Yeah, Paul, let me tell you. I mean, I, uh, I'm surprising myself with my, my old guy take on this, but, man, like I thought Kucherov embarrassed the entire NHL and should be suspended <laughs> um, I, I mean, it was it was awful. <laughs> Don't go look at it. It was it, he made a mockery of the event, and I think that players that were there with him might have thought it wasn't that funny either. And like, look at this guy, get him out of here. So why um, not just not right. take part in it, right? When, if you don't want right. to, don't. There were others that could have because it wasn't like everybody had to participate. Yep. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Instead of making a mockery of it, just say, I think this is stupid and I don't want to play in it. Yep. And I will show you I don't want to play in it if I am, so put somebody else in it. That's all you got to do. Thanks, Paul. Take care, guys. Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline. The uh, My biggest regret of the weekend yep. is, is, a, is a betting regret. McDavid was plus money to win the fastest skater. Was he really? It's plus one twenty. Yeah, that's that's easy money, right? He didn't win it last year, I guess. No, but he's won it five in a row. I uh, thought there was a year in Edmonton he didn't win it. Did he? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Not compete? I thought he did, and he came in second. Mm. As we both now Google hey, fastest skater first. Yeah. Um, you're right. Svechnikov won it last year. Yeah. Jordan Cairo, Matthew Barzell. McDavid won it three years in a row, 2017, 18, 19. Okay. I think there was one of the one or two of those years he didn't participate, but I remember him in Edmonton not winning it at least once. But even still, that new uh, NHL Edge site that like tracks like average speed and you know speed bursts over 20 miles, but like, he's number one in everything. Yeah. Like, he's the fastest player in the league. He you- was plus money. He was plus money to win it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I missed that. I bet Kucherov instead. <laughs> Jeez, that guy. So mad. It was bad. Well, good for the NHL. Going back to the Olympics. Yes, I'm 2026 and 20, very, 2030. Very excited. One 
international best-on-best tournament in the last 10 years, which was a World Cup of Hockey that was like a one-off that nobody even cared about because it was a one-off. There was no history behind it. And they're going to have this four-nation thing next year. They're going to have another World Cup in 18, and they're going to have two Olympics. So one international tournament in the last 10 years, and they're going to have four in the next five. Love it. Good. Jeremy and Joe, join us, 803-0550 on WGR. I love it, and I also hate it. You know, I wish I wasn't here. I wish I was still playing football, and that's the goal, not be able to play in these, and that's the nature of the business. You know, there's one happy team at the end of our season, and that's the Super Bowl, and that's next week. So hopefully I'm not here next year. That's the plan. Josh Allen at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Jeremy White, Jody Biasi, I got a stat of the day for you. Okay. Stat of the day is brought to you by Seneca Gaming and Irving, home of the biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands won daily. So Wyndham Clark shot a 60 at okay. the uh, third round of the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, the yep. pro part of it. 60. U.S. Open winner last year? Yes. Or was it PGA? No, U.S. US Open. Open. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I hope you'll appreciate the uh, stat of the day here. Uh... The stat of the day is, had he and I played match play at Pebble, I'd have taken him on hole 12. <laughs> you would have beat him once? Just one hole? Were there any draws? No, dra- no, no. Uh, no. Hold on. I'm double- any draws? I'm double checking that. We would have drawn the 12th. Drawn? Oh, so you would have been 17 up. Hold had on. you played the, through the whole thing? Yeah. Uh, mm. Let's see if there's any others. We would have. No, wait. Uh, I would have. Hold on. We would have pushed on the third hole. Okay. And pushed on the 12th. Were those pushes because you did well, you overachieved, or because he underachieved? Well, I, I don't I, think there was a lot of underachieving for him. So This is part of the joke, kind of. So when he bogeyed 12 I, I on his way bogeyed. to shooting the course record, yeah. I immediately pulled up my phone, my app with all my scorecards. I'm like, did I did I par 12? Come on, show me I par 12. Did you beat him once? I bogeyed it. No, so I did not. Mm. I played Pebble in 2021. And I just I was very ready to pat myself on the back for oh man shot a sixty and he bogeyed twelve hate to see it Wyndham I parred that hole nope. uh, but I did not. What you need to do is you need to go through all of Tiger's scorecards from Pebble, find a hole that I beat him at on? any point that you beat him, and you can say that you beat Tiger on a hole. Yeah, there you go. It's fun watching Pebble. Having you actually, know, I could do that. Been okay. there and walked it and played it. It's just, it's an amazing place. Mm-hmm. Wyndham Clark. It was awesome to watch him down the stretch there, and he just missed that fifty nine. But he ends up winning the event because they cancel it after the final day. Josh Allen, of course, played as well. Aaron Rodgers did not cheat this year and didn't win, <laughs> right. which is good that he didn't cheat. Uh-huh. I mean, that, that's what Keith Mitchell said. Keith Mitchell flat out said last year, if Rodgers wins, it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he cheated. Good times. Good times. Um. What have we got for major courses this year? Isn't Pinehurst on the schedule this year? Pinehurst for the U.S. Open. Okay. Valhalla for the PGA Championship. Of course, Augusta. And then they open as a Royal Troon Golf Club. Open Championship, though, it's just... For me, it's St. Andrews, and then the rest of it just kind of... The other ones? They're all great. Yep. They're all... The rest of them are going to be great, I'm sure. 803-0550, Paul and Akron. Hey, Paul. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Good. Um, you guys were talking about the Super Bowl commercials, and I, I'm, my age is in between Howard and, and you, Jeremy, so, you know, this was when I was younger, but 
my kind of favorite one was I, I mean, of course, I enjoyed the you know the football ones with the uh, the Bud Light and stuff. But uh, there was somebody getting rushed to the hospital, and they said, "What's his problem?" And they said, "Well, he's got money coming out the wazoo." And I think it was an insurance commercial. And as they're they're wheeling him into the emergency room, the doctor looks over at the nurse and he goes, "Does this guy have insurance?" And the nurse goes. He's got money coming out the wazoo. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I seen that commercial. It was one I don't know if you guys remember that one or I don't know if you remember Jeremy. Yeah. But it was just it was I loved it. It was like hilarious. But I, I just wanted to see if you heard that or yeah. remembered that commercial. Th- yeah, thanks, Paul. One of the one, good morning. Yeah, you too, Paul. One of the things that's kind of I don't know, I think fun about it now, you you end up seeing commercials before they air. Yeah, because the, you know these companies. Here's the ad. That, you can also you know play the game of like they wouldn't let us use this one, and you get all the social media. But I remember one where there was a little kid maybe dressed up as Darth Vader, and his parents kind of convinced him that he knew how to lock the car because they had the remote. Oh yeah, yeah that was, was a good one. It was really funny. So Vol- that was a uh, Volkswagen. Yeah, that sounds right. recent. Recent, I think. Relatively recent. That sounds right. Did you guys see the messy one that came out? No, I With, know. I know uh, he's going to be in one. I yeah. choose not to watch watch them ahead of time. I, was... I want to be surprised. Although I did watch the uh, the Paramount Plus one with uh, Tua. Yes, which I still oh. can't believe Tua signed off on. Okay, we have to have a conversation about this. I mean, come on, we have to have a conversation about what? this. what the premise of the commercial is. He doesn't have yes. enough arm strength I, to get up the hill. I'm going to have an intervention with you and Nate. What you guys are too online with Dolphins fans. <laughs> you guys got to come back to earth. Because I saw that commercial and thought, ha ha, funny commercial. But Bills fans and Dolphins fans that spend all day yelling at each other are just endlessly on about how Tua couldn't throw a cartoon character over a mountain. Right. After Allen did this. He didn't Alan throw the, did the commercial character. where he could throw it over the mountain like a week ago. He threw a grappling hook, not the cartoon character. Right, the grappling hook. Right. He, no, he wouldn't even me, throw me, the me, cartoon character, me, which then Patrick Stewart intercedes and says that Tua's not built for the moment. Right. In his face it's in the commercial. There is Patrick let Stewart me, saying, let, you're not built for the moment. Let me tell you what people that are normal are able to do when they see that commercial. That's a funny line. People that are too online about Bills and Dolphins are immediately tweeting, looking for the uh, Dolphins hate. I can't believe they would do that to Tua. Even Tua can laugh at himself about this stuff. They're giving you the the hate, though. Like, if you're looking for things to troll Tua on, he, they're just, they're here. I got news here, for it's you. A, they're if, scooping if it you, right on your plate. If you're looking to troll him and he's in it, you're not trolling him. Unless he didn't think that it was going to get taken that way. What? What? Do we think he signed off on him not having enough arm strength to get it up the hill? Do you think he didn't know, didn't know the plot of the commercial? His agent probably did. The commercial is very funny. It's a great commercial. It is a good commercial. The best part but is... But it's a good commercial because they're making fun of Tua. That's not why it's a good commercial. He, Again, the whole the, time. Let me bring you back to Earth. It's not a good commercial because they're making fun of Tua. It's a good commercial because Patrick Stewart is dressed like a football player from the... 1800s, and right. he opens up the wrist flap, and it says, throw the child. <laughs> That's why it's funny. That is pretty good, yes. <laughs> and the guy, was it? who's the character, the cartoon character? Arnold. Arnold. Hey Arnold. Yeah. He's got Arnie his Arnold. head shaved like a football, yep. and Creed's playing on a mountaintop. There's a million reasons it's funny. Yeah, Creed's there. It is funny, though. Like Peppa I was, Pig's there, too. Peppa Pig is there. Peppa Pig. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore gets told to shut her face. 
by Patrick Stewart. I think that's right. Patrick Stewart was really the star of the show. Let's be yeah. real. He was the centerpiece of it, the whole it, thing. It's very funny. I did enjoy Bills fans just deciding, like, any moment, any chance they get, they've got to get after him. But they made it Blood. so easy. Blood's <laughs> in the water. we got to get after him. They made Tua. it so easy. That, that's, that on top of, by the way, I mean, I did not participate in any of the trolling of Tua when the guy that's said to have all the great accuracy is why he's so good finished dead last at precision passing in the uh, Pro Bowl games. Just throwing it out there. All you're doing is hitting targets, and he couldn't hit it. I didn't choose. I did not choose to go in on that, though. This is this is more proof. You are too online about Tua. You, you it's going to be sad when he's you, not their quarterback in do 14 you, months. Do you know why you didn't go in on him at the Pro Bowl games, not winning the accuracy competition? Not no, not just in winning. He finished last. You know why you didn't tweet that? Why? Because that would be the saddest thing you've ever tweeted. <laughs> Imagine There's tweeting. There's some sad things who, I think I've tweeted before. I could probably pick up right. and find, but who, yeah. Who won the accuracy competition at the Pro Bowl games? Uh, I think Stroud did. Okay. Stroud and Mayfield, I think, were the top two. Okay. Yeah. Hertz and Tua were like the, the guys who couldn't hit anything. He is going to get paid this offseason. He fully expects to come to a contract who? extension. Tua. He, he has told people, I saw the report, he expects to come to a contract extension. I want to bet they're not that he's not going to sign. Because they're going to lowball him? He said that. I think they're going to lowball him. I think they're going to lowball him. I think they are They are 12 months away from making their Goff-Stafford trade. For that who? That coach is going to go to ownership or to the GM and say, this guy's pretty good. We can win games with him. We can make the playoffs with him. If you want to win a Super Bowl, I need a guy that can do more. And he's going to do what Sean McVay did. He's going to do what Kyle Shanahan tried to do when Shanahan was in the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo and still went to his GM and said, I need a quarterback that can do more. They tried to do that by drafting Trey Lance. And McVay did it, and it worked. And McDaniel's going to do that with who? McDaniel's going to do it with, I don't know who's available yet. Arizona. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. I don't know that I would go there, but I think they will. Tr- I think they might be a year away from trying that out if Let, someone's available. How about this? Let's get stupid. Do it with Matthew Stafford. Stafford to the Dolphins? Yeah. In one year? Yeah. I don't mind it. <laughs> I don't mind it. He can still make all the throws. How many years can he play? Who could it be? Who could it be? Um, you need a new Matthew Stafford. Basically, yeah, you need. If it's not going to be him again, then you need like the the the, the new version cousins. of of that. Cousins, cousins is an answer for this. Yep, they'd have to do that now, though. I almost want to project out like who will be available in a year that could be that could be this. Like, what about? No, that doesn't work. I was gonna say Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he just flip flops. <laughs> There's not a lot of names. Because, really, there was no franchise quarterbacks between... Wasn't there, like, a 10-year stretch of draft picks where there's just nobody left? Like, Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck were, like, the two guys, and they're not around anymore for this. Um, Like, you don't have a Stafford... Who was drafted after Stafford, but before, like, Allen and Lamar Jackson and those guys? That's, like, a great quarterback. Maybe there's not many Staffords because you uh, need a guy that, that is good like that on a team that's not competitive. How about Dak Prescott? Perfect. Perfect. One year. Dak to the to the Dolphins. 
Call it right because, now. Because Jerry Jones buys the stuff that he's not cut out to win yes. and moves him. Yes. He's going to lose in the playoffs again. He's going to overreact, and they're going to trade Dak to the Dolphins for two first-round picks. Yep. Ken and Sheik Dewaga before the break. Hey, Ken. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Just wondering why Dallas is picking ahead of Buffalo and a couple other teams in a draft this year. Uh, Dallas did uh, – hold on, I can tell you why. Isn't it just regular season record? Yes, that sounds right, right? They made it to the same – oh, well, no, because Dallas lost in the wildcard round. That's why. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But it only goes by the regular season record. No, it's it's playoffs first, then regular season. I'm looking at it now. Yep. It's Yeah, where you finish – um, so wild card round losers is 19 through 24. Yep. Divisional round losers are 25 through 28. So the Bills are in like a different bracket almost. Okay. I was just wondering about that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, yep. Ken. And, yeah, Ken. And the Bills are the best record. Rather than worry about um, like reading 37 different tiebreakers, tankathon.com slash NFL yeah. is who does that very well visually. Yeah. It, it groups them all in who's where. Well, and the Bills got unlucky for that, if you will, because – the divisional round losers by record, nine wins, nine wins, ten wins, eleven wins. The wild card round losers, two ten win teams, three eleven win teams, and, and a twelve. A, and a 12. Yeah. So the, the teams that had the better records lost in the wild card round. Yeah. Which is why the Bills are picking twenty eighth instead of like twenty fifth. But I do think in the case of everybody except Dallas, that those teams might have been below the Bills anyway. Okay. So that they might have only been like twenty seventh. Yeah, maybe. 28th, Troy Franklin. Troy Franklin. The uh, ESPN guys just had a mock draft up that I believe was by Todd McShay. Did you see it? I did not. The the top six went quarterback, 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 wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Fun times. That was the top six. Pretty fun draft. Yeah, it is. 803-0550. Extendo Sports coming up on WGR. Breaking sports news airs first here. Guaranteed. WGR Sports Radio 550, 2020 Sports. Extendo Sports. Return of the Olympics. Josh, did you see my uh, proposed Team USA for two years from now at the Olympics? I did, and I like it a lot more than Canada. All right. Oh, so good. I was going to ask, have I gone too far with the take that... The U.S. has legitimately caught up to Canada and will beat them at the Olympics. No, because looking at the roster next to each other, I really think there's a good chance it's going to happen. Well, I mean, Canada's aging out. Like, sure, you still have McDavid and you have Marner, but, like, you're going to lose Crosby. You're, you have no goaltending. You're going to lose probably most of your defensive core, like Shea mm-hmm. Theodore and Alex Petrangelo. Like, yeah, they're good, but are they going to be good by then? Yep. Like, I mean, there's other guys I'm not naming here, but, like, most of the team that you see now as if like if the olympics were right now i would say they'd be pretty even but by then it's it's gonna be questionable so chris johnston from the athletic he put together proposed lineups and where i i think the u.s is better on the blue line and in goal this is again we're we're predict we're uh previewing a tournament two years away i'm but man i cheered when Zach Parise tied the game against Canada with 30 seconds to go in the 2010 Olympics, they end up losing Crosby in overtime. But when Parise tied that game with less than 30 seconds to go, it was like the Sabres scored a playoff goal right. in overtime for me. Like, yeah. Watching with buddies and my dad and, and brother, like we were going nuts like Drury scored in game five. And they have not returned to that since. 
I mean, they played in Sochi, and actually, we would have been doing probably the same thing when T.J. Oshi was going over. And I was going to say, shootout. I can vividly remember that that yep. shootout, watching it with my dad, and it was just back and forth, back and forth, and th- yep. that was one of my best international hockey memories. Yeah, because that's like my only one. Because everything before that, aside from the 2010, is. Yep, I was too young. I loved it. I loved those moments. I loved those games. It's big. It's the, the patriotism. It's the you. I love the FIFA World Cup, but this is the same thing, you know, but similar better. thing. But it's in the sport that I love more. And shame on Gary Bettman and Bill Daly. One of the biggest blights of Bettman's career, in my opinion, is letting it go a decade without having a best on best international tournament, other than the one. One-off preseason World Cup they had, which when it's on its own like that, isolated, it it's going to mean less just inherently because there's no history leading up to it. The only thing I wonder about your Canadian lineup and with the American one too would be what rookie phenom is going to come in here and yeah, you know Matt, blow this lineup open like Macklin the, Celebrini. That's the kid this year, Macklin Celebrini. Yeah, he's he's right now the top yeah. guy. So the other thing about uh, Canada's got two years to find a goaltender. Because the U.S. has got Connor Hellebuck and Thatcher Demko and Jake Ottinger, like elite number one goaltenders. From a hometown and standpoint, Chris, I hope it's Devin Levi. It, it really could be. He'd have to have a monster step by then. But Chris Johnston's goalies for Canada, think of where they're at. Chris Johnston's projections for Canada, Aiden Hill, Jordan Bennington, Cam Talbot. Those are the three goalies. Woof. Sam Reinhardt on this Canadian team, by the way. Uh, also, I mean, we need him to do it for uh, other reasons, obviously, but Tage Thompson's got two years to figure things out before he's going to make Team USA. Can't Last tell- year, I would have made him the second-line center on a Team USA, and this year, I don't even know if he's on the team. Cam Talbot's 36 years old, by the way. He'll be 38 oh, in the so Olympics roll around. Yeah, get him out of there. Yeah. I'm excited. Can't wait. I can't believe they let it go this long. Now, the good news is, though, they're going to have... Five years coming up here, you're gonna have the you're gonna have this four nation face off next year with the three two one point system, which is nice. And we'll get to see USA versus Canada next year at this time instead of the All Star game. Then the next year you're gonna have the Olympics, and then the year after that, there's a there, that's this isn't done, but there's supposed to be another World Cup that year. And then in 2030 you're gonna have another Olympics. So in the next five years, you might have four best on best international tournaments after having one. In a decade with no Olympics, which is the ones that we, you know, we really care about those the most anyway. I'm excited. Can't wait. Come on, Tage. Get on Team USA by then. Tuck, too. Tuck would be the perfect fourth liner for uh, Team USA. That forechecking, the speed. Will the Sabres make the playoffs by the time the Olympics roll around? Anyways, that'll do it for us. Stay tuned. Extra Point Show on the way next. Sal jumps in, and, yeah, we'll get your phone calls in. Stay tuned here at WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.